0: Welcome back to Building Buffalo. I'm Newell Nussbaumer, and today my guest is Sue Cholowa, a BlackRock cheerleader. Sue, how do you pronounce your last name?
1: Cholowa, like a cello. Cholowa. Cholowa. That's one way. There's Holeva That's the Polish way.
0: I figured there was something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then
1: there's half my relatives say Czolowa. So
0: now you, uh, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're both uh, community cheerleaders. Yes. Um, but you are the community cheerleader of BlackRock.
1: Yes. Um,
0: but you're not from BlackRock.
1: No. But I am, but I'm not.
0: Okay. So where did you exactly grow up?
1: So I grew up in North Tonawanda and I went to Buff State College and I drove by, you know, I would come to Buff State and I never went down to Amherst Street. Or hung out in Blackrock, but I have sort of flash memories of maybe driving down the street one day to go somewhere else. Um, but my grandmother actually, when she came, my my on my dad's side, my grandmother she was Polish. She actually resided in Blackrock on Peter Street when she came at the age of seventeen. But I sort of forgot that or didn't realize it because as I knew my grandmother, she actually came to North Tonawanda from, she married my grandfather, who also lived in Black Rock for a while. And then they went out to Niagara Wheatfield. They had a farm. So I think just genetically, I was drawn back <laughs> to the area of my grandparents. Yeah. But that didn't come about to my mother told me, you know, your father's godmother was from Blackrock, And I'm like, Really? But so it's like kismet or whatever they call it that
0: I. So do you you remember like, like at what point you were basically just like that bell went off and all of a sudden you were like, there's something here and I've got to be a part of this?
1: Well, what happened was I was on a plane. This is a weird story. And I was going from Buffalo to Detroit to actually fly to Europe with students. And I met a woman on the plane. I was reading a Vogue magazine. I was sitting next to her. And she said, she said to me, do you want to be able to wear the clothes in that? magazine one day and she goes, you need to look at your real estate in your urban city because I'm from California and she was relocating people. Someone must've bought something in Buffalo. And she goes, I can tell you're a teacher. I was a teacher in the Midwest. And I went out to California and she goes, no one gets how cheap and amazing your city is. And this was about 20 years ago. So I went to france i came back and i happened to go to art sphere which was uh doreen debath's little art gallery and i sat on the steps right, right on Amour Street. Yeah, yeah i sat on the steps and i saw this building called howie's appliance which became 464 art gallery after i purchased it and i saw this incredible tin ceiling like oh my gosh this is like something you would see in europe and i asked doreen what's going on with this building and she said oh he tried to sell it but no one wanted to buy it. or and, she, and so I had a friend of mine call that was a real estate agent. And he said, come with an offer. So I went with an offer. And he accepted it. And that was sort of my beginnings of just even coming into Buffalo.
0: I remember that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I have a really... Vivid memory of my hand shaking when I was opening the door. Like, what did I just do? <laughs> I bought a mixed-use commercial building. I don't know anything about real estate, really, and how I'm going to do this. And then we did the um, we just sort of did a art market, and that's where uh, Marcus Wise sort of came into play. It was
0: a great time.
1: Yes, and then what happened is um, Buff State came to us like students from Buff State and they had to do their shows for their undergrad and graduate. And at the time there was maybe people were doing it in abandoned buildings back in those days of Buffalo, kind of old warehouses, but there wasn't like a space that would help curate, you know, whatever they were doing and help market. And Marcus Wise had that business side to him, but he was also a photographer. So after we were done with this art market, Marcus said, I think I can do this as a legit full-time gallery. And it became a emerging artist gallery. And that's where Chuck Tingley started and all these amazing artists. Yeah. Buffalo. Chuck
0: Tingley, uh, prolific Buffalo muralist. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we were like that, you know, we would have artists come in with just Polaroids and they were like, this is what I do, but they had never hung a show. There wasn't that step right. Of, of like sort of uh we're going to take you under our, our wing and I shouldn't say we it was Marcus and help you hang a show, promote your show, talk about your art. So that you know you have the Birchfield which is Western New York artist, you have the Albright Knox which is world renowned, but we were like that step from getting out of college or just coming off the street and mm-hmm. wanting to show your artwork but having not really knowing that aspect of it, the business aspect of it. And that that went for eight years. I mean, it probably still would be going, but Marcus moved.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So kind of how uh, Prish uh, Moran uh, and Sweetness Seven enlivened uh, Grant Street. You, I think, were one of seriously one of the catalysts that uh, has continued that has has promoted the Black Rock movement. Um. So you did that, and you caught the bug, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Like people, (laughs) I'd be like, I you know, people would go people that do real estate would go, this isn't your last building. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's too much work. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. And then you do, you get, and I, I don't buy real estate just to make money. I'm in love with architecture and I'm all about place and how to make a
0: place better,
1: you know? So that's my, which is funny drive. because
0: one of the, I think, I think one of the quintessential buildings on the street was the old gas station that yes. you bought. And, I, when I heard you bought that gas station, uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, only Sue would buy that gas station and she's going to make it fabulous. I mean, that, that gas station has got great character, great bones.
1: Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even know how I did that. I look back at pictures come up and I see when they were lifting drywall with like almost like a crane into the upstairs and. I'm like, how did I even do that? Like I, I almost go, I don't even know if I could do it now. I was sort of naive to the amount of work, but that's good sometimes because Mm -hmm. then once you're in it, you have to finish it. And I had a lot of amazing people that helped me, like former students that were structural, that was a structural engineer. I found really good James Redden, who was sort of does um, sort of historic restorations and he had worked on Gray Cliff and that's who I got to help me with the downstairs and he appreciated the building and was all it had the same mindset. Like we're going to save as much of it as we can. We're not going to, because I had people who were like, Oh, tear out the floors or do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. And they didn't understand me. And I'm like, okay, I can't work with you. Cause to me, these buildings will never be built again. The, the materials are too expensive. Yep. The um, craftsmanship that went into them. The, it'll never be again. So once it's gone, it's gone. So like, I feel like I'm just sort of like a caretaker and then hopefully the next person will, I mean, in 464, I think it has one of the most beautiful, um, you know, now it's Marigold Salon uh, and she's done an amazing job on the inside and also the display windows, but it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful um, tin ceilings in the city with the original lighting in it. You know, like they always say Buffalo was rich at the right time and poor at the right time. So a lot of things were mothballed and they weren't destroyed. I mean, some things were, but we're lucky that uh, some of our things were actually saved. Yeah. And, are-
0: and in the gas station, so that's a salon, uh, the old... Uh, um- Gallery is a salon. Yes. And the gas station is a
1: it's a, a I, I you would call it a boutique gym. A boutique a, gym. Yeah. A yeah. E. Fit and that's April Ersing. And she came to me actually I finished the gas station right when COVID hit. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to rent this and then crickets. And she came to me and she actually was doing um like on Zoom or whatever she was using, exercising, and she's like, I need a space And, you know, I can't pay you the full rent. And I'm like, no, the fact that you're coming to me during COVID, that I could rent the space. So we just negotiated a deal. And I said, you know, when it ends and things open up again, then we'll revisit. But, you know, she came in and now she's in her third year. And she's almost, I think, getting to the point where she's maxing out the space. No way. Yeah. So that's really exciting. And she has like, she has um some high school students that come to her all the way up to like in their late 70s maybe even her oldest client is 80 and I work out there how can I not I mean it's literally downstairs yeah and she's uh you know all about you know your your health is determined by how you take care of your body and you can be mobile and active if you start at a certain point and continue so yeah yeah that's amazing too
0: um, so, uh, enough about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Enough about me. It's boring. Yeah. So, uh, now... Black Rock, Amherst Street in particular. Mm -hmm. I mean, Black Rock, if we think about Black Rock, we have uh, Chandler Street that's going on right now. And we've got, you know, it goes up to uh, Niagara Street uh, where there's so many things happening over there. Uh, But um, I think that the crux of like really where you're involved in is obviously the Amherst Street between uh, Elmwood Avenue uh, and, uh, and Grant Street, right? That's kind of the heart of like where you... Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah, but it goes to military because we have Phoenix, we have Hot Mamas. No, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. But I I think like the heart of like where you really started all that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the heart of like what we're, what we're talking about here. Um, and, and yes, of course, there are all these great Mm -hmm. places, um, around. Um, but, uh since you've started doing this there's been ups and downs steadily uh you know uh which has been i think is fascinating um because it's the evolution of a street yes uh and and right now there's a lot going on uh in the uh, in and around those little neighborhoods right mm-hmm. now and it's so fascinating to see so uh I really wanted to talk a little bit about some of the the things that you're seeing these days yes. that maybe people aren't quite aware of
1: absolutely. Well, one of the big things that's happening right now and there's three businesses and they're almost ready to pop. They're just waiting on final inspections or they're setting up. And one has opened is the corner of Grant Amherst or uh yeah, Grant and Amherst. So there's a, a building that sat there sort of dormant. There was a Chinese restaurant there. Everyone
0: remembers the Chinese yes. restaurant, yeah, <laughs> with <laughs> and, with the tattered a tattered awning for yes, a million years, yes. yes.
1: And then you know, the only thing I regret is that the side they had these beautiful stained glass transom windows, yeah. and the new owner kind of took that all out. But on the positive note, we are getting a Yemenese coffee house at the corner, and I I've met the um, their two younger guys owners. And they are doing it so well inside that when it opens, I think it's going to be, you know, and everybody's just waiting and waiting. They're like, when they're opening? When are they opening? So they invited me in one day and they have all these different types of coffees. And I never had Yemeni coffee. And um, it's really... Is is it like a
0: Turkish coffee type of...
1: No, not exactly. Like, I mean, there's different types, but I had one, it almost had like a cinnamon or a nutmeg taste Mm. to it, but subtle. And they have cold drinks, beautiful cold drinks layered uh, with aquas and and pinks, uh, all sorts of concoctions. And they're going to have pastries. They're going to have an area where you can do like a business meeting type thing. They have a beautiful hand engraved map that shows where the coffee's coming from and coming over to Buffalo, New York. Like it's, it's beautiful. They have a mural in there that is sort of representative of their, you know, artwork from their country. They're super friendly, nice guys, and they're super excited. They want to bring the college students over. So um that's Raha Coffee House. So they're just- Yeah, Raha,
0: Raha is the name. R A H A. Yes. R-A- Ra- yes. Yeah. You can
1: find them on Instagram um and they're right at the corner there. So And they're um,
0: being joined by a couple of little retail shops. Yes.
1: So there's Zay's, I actually brought some of her perfume and obviously, (laughs) but this is from the Emirates and the bottle is just extraordinary. It's gorgeous. I'll take a photo
0: so we can show uh, listeners. And it's
1: like an oil and it's a fruity taste. So she's Somalian and I actually had a Somalian roommate when I lived in France because in my former life, I was a French teacher. So I'm familiar with, uh, you know, Somali culture and, um, her store, even though it caters to uh, the traditional dress, right, of... Um, mm-hmm. The garb. Yeah, the garb Muslim, you know, with the be- beautiful dresses. She has scarves that anyone would uh, love to own. She has beautiful purses. She has these perfumes. So I love it because you sort of get a window into this area of the world that you would never normally be exposed to unless you really sought it out or visited. And she's a woman entrepreneur. It's her first store. She has beautiful shoes, too. So um, she just got started maybe in November. Mm-hmm. We have another store next to that. They're ready to open. So this is, you know, the coffee shop. And then it's called Zay's Fashion, Z-A-Y apostrophe S. And they all have Instagram pages. And then next to that is a sort of... Um, they're, they're, it's streetwear, but it's, it's called trust the process. And they're, um, they're interesting. They're, I think one of the owners is Puerto Rican, uh, you know, African-American there, you know, it's a really like, I love it because we're, we're getting so much diversity in our neighborhood, um, from what the traditional, you know, a hundred years ago, or even 50 years ago, or maybe even 25 years ago. So we have all these different cultures. We have, um, you know all these different products coming into our neighborhood so it's 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 known to be like an old polish neighborhood but it's really kind of becoming um multicultural
0: yeah and that's it's funny because one of the one of the businesses that i had noted down was uh mohammed altala's fresh arabic sweets um, <laughs> they're so
1: good and they are the nicest guys. Um, and yes, I mean, baklava, I mean, all the different kinds of Arabic pastries, you know, the layered with pistachio and yeah. yes. I mean, I have to not go there. I have to not go there. Like I have to tell myself, you can't go there this week Yeah, because you've been like the last three weeks. And, and
0: I think something about a place <laughs> like that is like, I think the a, a message would be like, don't be afraid to like stop into a place like that just because it doesn't look like your traditional bakery. Oh yeah. Right. You know, these are like the real, uh, these are the authentic. real treasures, the the authentic treasures of, of uh, BlackRock Amherst Street. Yes. Um, and, uh, and to definitely stop in because you'll be super surprised by what you find in a lot of these places.
1: Yes. And they have, um, you know, sandwiches like the shawarma, and the um what's the other one but they have sandwiches and they're really inexpensive and their pastries are beautiful just stunning uh and then we have a new bakery that literally just opened on uh December 23rd be sweet and they have gluten-free options and they're in the old uh was it blue bicycle uh was it blue bicycle now I'm I don't think I'm saying that right, but she literally just opened and she's doing specialty cakes and she's on Grant Street, not far down from the other three businesses that we just mentioned. So Grant Street is, at, you know, that And and, and they got their
0: start at the West Side Bazaar, right? Is that right?
1: No, the... I don't know where she started per se, but okay. the um we also have a Thai restaurant coming in the old Ashkers. They started at the West Side Bazaar.
0: Oh wow. I didn't I didn't I didn't realize this. Yes,
1: and they actually would have come in sooner, but they Buff State, I guess, has a program that offers a, a business from the community space in their like cafeteria. So they were actually doing that and finished in December. And they are coming over to the Ashker's and that's, um, their name is, um, I'm going to, I have to look it up. There's so many new businesses, nine, and they were at the West Side Bazaar. And when I posted that they were coming, uh, there were people that were like, oh my gosh, that was my favorite, uh, Thai restaurant. And, um,
0: that's, that's great for the street. Oh my gosh. That's that's great for the street. Yes.
1: Yeah, so they're they're also just ready to open. They're waiting on their final inspections. Um, we had there there was a hood that had to be put into the building mm-hmm. because Ashkers didn't have a hood. Exactly. So obviously they're going to be doing the cooking. So they're ready to go. And so they're if people know Amherst Street, they're across from from Spars, which is also a an amazing traditional institution. Yeah. and now we have Moriarty Meats, which is like you know as a French Spanish trained butcher. I mean, I, I can't believe what is available in my neighborhood gourmet wise or not, you know, just specialty wise.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, now, uh, getting to, uh, some of the, uh, we've talked about a lot, a bunch of the new success stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so can we talk about Volker's?
1: Yeah, I don't really
0: know what's going
1: on. <laughs> what there. is going on
0: with Volkers?
1: I don't know the latest. I mean, I know. I mean, I know there were people that would have were interested. Even uh, Marcus Wise's partner Dan Patterson back in the day. I mean, he ran bowling alleys, and it would have been a great retro bowling alley. And um, I they're doing a I basement. think Mike Schatzel
0: at one point was interested so yeah. many people that like, were interested in running it like a bowling alley and if you look at like the old images the historic images of that building it was a gorgeous building I mean it was a yeah. real staple building a real anchor on the street and so it would be amazing okay so we don't know what's going on with Volkers but no, uh,
1: I think other people towards the end of that street might know better but I think it's I think, um, I remember Joe Columbic saying if somebody wanted to redevelop it, they had to have plans. They wouldn't just knock the building down and have it potentially turn into, you know, a space that wasn't being, um, developed. So they, um, I don't know if it is sold. I don't know if it is for sale. I know they were doing abatement inside, but is, do they have to do that prior to knocking something yeah. down too? So I know right. I feel so. Like- we'll just
0: keep our uh, ears and eyes open on that one. Yes. Um. Can- tell me about. Uh, so this is kind of fascinating. You have Sportsman's Park. Buffalo Music Hall yes. of Fame, Frosted Buffalo, yes. Allentown Music, The Cave, Hot Mamas, and Rift City. And that's not even all of the great places to go listen to live music.
1: Right. And Roll Halls also does music. And Roll Halls. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, the, a, a Black, Rock, Black Rock is alive and well when it comes to the live music scene in Buffalo. Um, is that... And it's, it's been incredible to see the evolution of that. Yes. And I don't think that people really understand like how much like that neighborhood uh, is being driven by the live music scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exploded. And we also have a park at the end of Amherst at Tonawanda. And um, they, next to, um, uh, what's the vintage, you know, he sells the furniture. It's right attached to that over on Niagara and Amherst. Uh, the Black Rock Riverside Alliance has gotten grants and there's actually a stage there and they were doing, um, they were also doing concerts. So Sportsman's wants to call it like music town. That's one of the, you know, monikers that's sort of going around, but it's also kind of a micro business developer because we have the Chandler Street Kitchens and we have the Salon in the City, which is above where Rift City, the former Tapo uh, brewery is. So we have like all these micro businesses, regular businesses, and then we have this complete music scene and fretted Buffalo, which actually did quite well during COVID because people decided to invest in beautiful guitars while they were sitting at home. And uh, he has um, acoustic guitars from Ireland, the Czech Republic, Maine, Quebec, and his storefront is stunning. Like when you drive by at night, it's all lit up. Uh, and so, and, and, Joe from Allentown music has more, um, a, an assortment of instruments, you know what I mean? And more entry level, things like that, but not just that. And he's such a great addition to the street. I mean, he's been there a while, but now, and, and we have the, did you say the rock and roll? There's the music, uh, Buffalo yeah, music, hall of, music fame. hall of fame. Yeah. Yes. So we have so much live music and now with Rift City coming and the plans that they have, yeah i mean it's a sort of a music mecca (laughs) it it has so many layers that's the amazing um aspect to it is that i mean and and i think people are still discovering it and we want to do a lot better job with marketing um because we are between the Elmwood village and hurdle you can walk to both from our neighborhood yeah we're located right off you know the expressway like it's so easy to access like I can go to Friends, Lewiston, Friends in Lockport, and Hamburg, all within a half hour or less. So that means all those people can come to us yeah. in 30 minutes or less. So we're really accessible, too, as a neighborhood.
0: So as, as the street goes... Um, I recently took a, in preparation for this, uh, podcast, I took a drive down the street yeah. and you see all the success stories, how yeah. many, how many are, are popping up or have popped up. Uh, but you also see a lot of missed opportunities on the street. There are a lot, there was a time in Buffalo where all, so many of these great old, uh, commercial storefronts looks like they've been turned into residential yes. or some of them are boarded up. Some of them are bricked up. Some of them are, you know, there's sort a of real interesting looking, uh, commercial, uh, or mixed use properties on the street. Um, does anybody kind of take into account, like, you know, what, uh, maybe talk to some of these owners about like the potential of their buildings and how to get them to contribute more to the street?
1: Yeah, we, well, there is a facade grant. So there are some businesses that will get, um, improvements coming this spring. So there's, there are things percolating. Um, you know, there's some there are some people that I don't know why they don't use their storefronts then like you bought a building that has a storefront but you're not using it and you know, it kills the energy when you're walking down a street and all of a sudden
0: That's what I mean. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's
1: it's dark and um that's why we did this year um and it's because of my tenant, Marigold Salon. She's just over the top; decorates her store windows, and so we said Yeah, you guys do a- did a
0: great job this uh, past holiday season. Yeah, um, everybody came together to uh, light up the street and live in the street. Uh, so, good job for. Was that the um, the association, and was that? Yeah, who's I mean, really I, behind I, that?
1: I mean, I sort of just saw what she was doing, and I said, "We really, we did it. A, we have done it in the past, like light up." And we did do uh, street lighting. I mean, it's just, you know, white lighting, but they lasted like seven years. But I said, we have to show, I mean, we're competing. I've gone to a lot of smaller towns. Like Dinah does a beautiful Christmas thing, East mm-hmm. Aurora. And we are competing with these other areas to bring people to our businesses. And um, aesthetics matter. Aesthetics yeah, they, matter. They do. If people will walk down a beautiful street to just walk down a beautiful street. Like, why do people go to Niagara and the Lake? Why do people go to these areas? So there's been a culture, I don't know where, I don't know if everyone appreciates that. And they even say serotonin, it like makes people happy. It, it lifts your spirits. And we're in such a dark period of time at this time of year that there's almost a therapeutic, mm-hmm. um, aspect of lighting and it shows that you are a business and that you care about your building to me it's number one is you know showcasing your business you know what I mean and so I think I mean some people contributed somewhat some people had to be encouraged some people chose not to this year but we did start it late it sort of happened organically and then we had awards and we had a Santa come and give the awards and we had fun awards like we gave a you know, um, um, uh, what, what's the, uh, from Chevy Chase, uh, Clark Griswold award to, uh, one of the businesses because, uh, the owner actually went, Andy McCullen actually went up on the roof and was putting Christmas trees, you know, and had a huge ladder. And I'm like, Oh my God, be careful. (laughs) You know, thank you for participating. So we, you know, we gave awards for best movie themed and, Next year, I want to have celebrity judges. Like, I'd love to have, like, Russ Salvatore, who has come to the neighborhood for certain things. Uh, he has a party at the pool, you know, on, on Chandler. And, um, like, to you know, maybe get Seymour Knox, who lives not quite far away. Like, have celebrity judges and get better prizes and, and really encourage people to, to do that. And it really brings community. Yeah, Uh, It establishes community and sort of unity. And I think that's always what good business districts have. Um, Can I mention just two things about Chandler Street? Of course. Okay. So a lot of people still don't know about the micro kitchens at Chandler, you know, the winter market. And you can go there and you can get bagels. You can get knish. You can get Thai food. There's Tiny Thai. There's Crenshaw's that does waffles. And they're open every Saturday. And um, there's Fit for Life that does these beautiful, like, greens that, you know, we all need to eat after our Christmas (laughs) eating decadence. And um, I I feel so lucky to be able to walk to that, right? You know, it's between Grote and Chandler. And then there's Waxlight. We have Waxlight Phoenix and Dapper Goose, these beautiful restaurants. But then Stacy um, Donovan, uh, whose husband owns, uh, you know, the... Buffalo, Cider Hall, across the way. She started with one and she grew up in BlackRock on Groach. She started with one salon, her salon, when she decided to go independent. And she's grown it. Now she's added more sweets. And just to give you an example, I had to write down. Um, I mean, there's body sugaring, and this is above where Rift City is above Topo, yeah. right? There's um lymphatic facials, there's a barber shop, there's a tattoo, um, there's brazilian camouflage which is what they can do to hide scars if you have scars they have a skin care therapist they have meditation um and a, a million other things so she started she went from she was on Grote in a single place she went up to the second floor of Tapo, and now she's taking over the third floor Oh really? Oh yeah, and there's all these suites and she's I think there's still some space available. I think there's close to twenty and 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 so she's also you know, it's like the Chandler Street Kitchens, um well, Southwest, um who just went to um Connecticut Street, um the uh
0: Oh, the Southern Junction. Southern Junction. Yeah. They started
1: yeah. out in uh, the Chandler Kitchens and they grew. Right. And then Stacy also has sort of fostered these small businesses. And then they get to a point where they go out and do their own brick and mortar. And I think that's really important because, as Jane Jacobs always said, new businesses need old buildings because old buildings are cheaper historically, right? Like small storefronts. But what Rocco Termini has done with his buildings is made them into micro, you know, sort of startup places for, you know, cause it's really expensive to start a restaurant. I don't even know how people do it. And in Stacy who is in one of Rocco's buildings is doing these micro Startup, like a girl that I go to. It, it
0: almost sounds like a day spot type of place where you can go yeah. and you can get your hair cut, you can get it colored, you can get a facial, you can nails. like you know nails done. Yes. Um, that's real. That's really interesting. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you think about you know Buffalo, I mean, is there another place like that in Buffalo? Uh, where you can get so much done? And the fact that she's expanding and doing more of these. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder what uh what else she needs over there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's
1: like there are things there. There's like meditation. With you can do like sound meditation. Yes, sound meditation, yeah. I mean, there's like everything. Like you can go to her website, it's Salon in the City Suites. And um, like I can I could literally if I didn't have to go other places, like not have a car and get all my needs met, except maybe a dentist, but I even think of that. I could do that close by.
0: Yeah. Cause you've also got Wegmans.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I mean, and- there's Wegmans and we're driving distance to, I mean, a short driving distance to like all these tops. We have tops at the other end. I mean, we have a beautiful like spars, you know, I mean, how lucky to have that. people come from Rochester to go to spars. Moriarty Meats. Now they have a cafe. I mean, if you've ever seen their meat counter, it's stunning, you know? So, um, I think, People, it's just still a little off the radar for some people, and uh, I hope they come and, and they visit it. Um, we have an Instagram; it's the Grant Amherst. We have a Facebook page and also an Instagram page, and I post all the time.
0: Yeah, and there's so many the businesses, happenings. important businesses that we haven't mentioned that have been around. Uh, like, uh, think for example, artisan kitchen and bath. Yes. I mean, talk about uh, wow. Uh, that place blows my mind every time I go in there. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ever want to go just look at, just, not just a fabulous building, right. but uh, they just have so many incredible appliances. Yes. Uh, and I can't even believe that I would even say, like, you should just go check out these appliances because no. it sounds so weird. Well, but they, like it's like, you if you've never been in there, this place will blow your mind. And it's, they, it's that beautiful. They
1: do cooking demonstrations yes, in, they in, do. in chef contests. Mm-hmm. And I got my appliances... For you know, when I finished the upstairs, you know, because I had two apartments in the, the old gas station that I live in, the one that I restored, I got my appliances there and they were great. They were right down the street. So, yeah, we have so many resources in our neighborhood for not just food and drink, but for health um, and just products uh, to purchase. And now we have more um, spaces on Grove Street there's more living space. Um, and also at the Pierce arrow, what were the offices right there in Elmwood? I mean, that's all within our neighborhood. So, you know, it's, it really offers a lot of amenities if you're looking to pick a place to, yeah. to live.
0: Um, I'm, I i do not want to open up a huge can of worms here. Um, but Skajakwita, uh, the expressway, uh, obviously whatever happens with that, um, is going to have a huge impact yes. on uh, on BlackRock, um, and and over the years I've heard people talk about really tying Buffalo State uh, University directly into uh, BlackRock by doing a pedestrian bridge for the students. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine if if that could be tied in? Uh, because there's really no easy way for them to, uh, to just simply walk over and utilize uh, all of these businesses and, and, you know, pick up things. Uh, I know they do walk, but right. not like they could uh, easily do if there was a pedestrian bridge, for example, or if this Kajakwood expressway was downgraded to a boulevard and, you know, it became, I mean, I know this is uh, like I said, well, can of worms, I mean, but we are,
1: we're pro, uh, you know, bringing back the original, Homestead design because the Olmstead design connected, it didn't separate and right. the old way separates. And people are so fearful, like, where's the traffic going to go? And I go back into the business districts and maybe, you know, like Riverside, Tanawanda Street needs so much help. I mean, we took everything and took it off the, the commercial streets and put them on highways on the outside of the city and like preventing people from getting to the waterfront, which doesn't make any sense to me and Rochester has success it's done all over the world and Rochester is our example an hour away of what how things can be changed and uh, when people worry about traffic, I mean we we were a city of 600,000 prior to, any of this being done and we were fine. I mean, I don't know, but these, these fears get repeated and they become truths and they're not really true. And, yeah. and then people just, you know, I mean, it, it, people will disperse. They'll find a way to get, you know, from point A to B. It happens like uh, Robert Moses didn't get his way in Manhattan and Manhattan's quite fine. Right, you know yeah. I mean?
0: So because what also we have to think about the Skajakwita Creek too. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing uh, resource that could be uh, for the community. Uh, you look at some of those old images, those historic images oh. of like, you know, people canoeing down the Skajakwita Creek. And it's like, there's you, your brain can barely process, uh, you know, what that must've been like, because it's just, it's just gone uh, for the most part, but it could be brought back, yeah. um, you know, and it should be part and parcel of, you know, what happens with the, obviously with the, um, we, I, don't, I don't think people are talking about that enough. They're talking about the, you know, the potential of uh, the boulevard, uh, but also, you know, what does it uh, do for the, for the Creek? Um, and what does that do for Black Rock?
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that uh, Creek has been abused for yeah. so long and we, we, try to really help with cleanups. You know, we sort of partner up with uh, river keepers and we have a beautiful, the Jesse Kriegel pathway. Yeah, I mean, I can walk, I'm at, you know, Howell and Amherst I can walk on that pathway to the, to the, um, historical, you know, or the Buffalo history museum now and go and see the beautiful, you know, cherry blossoms and that pathway Gets me to the Albright Knox. I mean, everything is within walking bis- distance. And behind McKinley High School is that beautiful mural that was done. Oh yeah, you know that's an Olmsted, O2, Olmsted yeah. and Frank Lloyd Wright. And people don't even know it's there. Like I'm always bringing my friends from the suburbs, and they're like, "We didn't know this was here. We didn't know this was here." We have the Peter Street Park, which we're really trying to do. It's this little pocket park yeah. that really is it's the great only park. Yeah. park that serves our part of the you know Black Rock. Um, can I mention one more thing? Because I'm really excited about this too. So we have a new bookstore. Have you been to it? The Black Rock Books on Hamilton Street. I'm
0: aware of it. Um oh, okay. I have not actually been to it yet.
1: All right. So the owner, um she is um she is a associate professor at UB. And um she is doing amazing things. I mean, as soon as it opened, she had children from the neighborhood coming in and and like doing their homework and reading books. Like, um, and, and she's kitty corner from a beautiful, um, like community garden park. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she's done, um, she's doing like silent book club where really basically you just go and it forces you to read your book that you keep trying to read at night on your nightstand and then you fall asleep. So she's doing that. She's doing book club. She has guest speakers, Um, I went in and um, she said, well, what are your interests? And I told her my interests. And then she said, she gave me this book, which I wanted to lend to you. It's called City of Refugees. And it's about the sort of the Renaissance of Utica, New York, because of the influx of refugees and them buying these old buildings, sort of like Buffalo Story 2 and and renaissancing. And she has, it's beautiful inside there. And it's in an old bakery uh, it was the original, I think, Black Rock Riverside Alliance building. Mm-hmm. Um, John Fatta, who did a lot of, um, restoration down in that part of Black Rock. Um, he owned that building and fixed it up. And now it's, um, you know, turned into this beautiful little community, um, independent bookstore. And then, um, um, we have, uh, our artist at the end of the street, um, who did a wheat paste, um. Who's our great wheat paste artist? I'm talking about so many things in my mind. Uh, Max Collins. <laughs> oh Max Collins, yeah. And he did this great wheat paste of um, you know, mural on the side of the building. Yep. So yep. um I love I love it there. And I want people to also know about that. And you can purchase online if you can't get there. Yeah. So she has all this great activities going on.
0: So looking forward, what does BlackRock need? Is there anything that just comes to mind? Kind of your a wish list for what you would like to see um, in the neighborhood?
1: Yeah, more home ownership. Yeah, I think. So what happens? And I think, um, and I always refer to like Jane Jacobs because I love what she said about cities and how they grow. Is like you need every demographic in a neighborhood, and what happens sometimes is people come in and they buy, they buy buildings, and they they kind of suck the marrow out of it they don't fix it up they they just try to get as much money out of it and then kind of the building goes to ruin and then they leave and a lot of them are out of country out of state or out of city landlords and they To me, I don't understand. Like You own as many buildings as you want, but take care of them. Do your lawn, cut your grass, make sure the garbage, make sure your tenants are respectful of the other places around them. So if you have tenants that aren't good neighbors, it makes good neighbors leave. And we have too many. What happened is like all neighborhoods, you had people who had left and their parents past and they didn't want the houses. And you have these predatory organizations that are like, we'll buy your house for cash. And they come in and then they don't do right by the neighborhood. They don't care about the neighborhood. They just want to take as much out. They don't give anything back. And, um, I want, people to realize it's there. We have great, you know, great bones. And if you're looking for a reasonable house to come, I've seen a big difference. Just people walking their dogs in the morning. There's so much more of, you can tell a home ownership vibe going on, but we need more more of it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's my biggest because we need to feed our businesses too. You know what I mean? And we can have every economic layer and we can have, um, you know, like on my street, my little half street, Howell, I have Congolese, Puerto Rican, Somali, Italian, Polish, Irish, and that's a half block. Yeah. And we all get along. It's awesome. Um, different people patronize different businesses. But when you put too much of one demographic in a neighborhood, like it, it doesn't make the neighborhood richer. You know what I mean? And I, I really think we need that that balance and we need people that are coming into our neighborhood and want to invest because now there's that article that came out about how we're this great area mm-hmm. a city to come to and what we don't want. And I've gotten a couple of phone calls are people that are coming from other areas and want to buy because they think it's this fast Make, return
0: right? Yeah,
1: and we, we want people that really care to come into our neighborhood. So that's right. You know, I know I'm Pollyanna to think that's the only people there, but we need more of that, yep. you know, and there are enough, people. we have a Believe in BlackRock group that's really active and um we have the BlackRock Riverside Alliance. So we do, we have all these groups that are, you know, doing things, you know, yeah. so hopefully people will, you know, think about investing and they can always get a hold of me if they you know, want to find something, I'll help them because yeah. I want homeowners.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, for sure. Is there anything we haven't touched upon?
1: Um, I just, this is an overall Buffalo thing and I, I don't know how we fix it, but I just, um it's sort of like that, like we, we fight all the time is sort of that culture of litter that I, that um seems to be happening. It happens in our neighborhood and I don't know if we, to outreach to maybe the schools and to impress upon people that when you have three garbage cans near you, w- why is it so difficult to walk <laughs> that extra five steps? You know what I mean? Because right. we have stuff, then it goes into the Creek, you know what I mean? And we're always trying, we're always cleaning, but it's so such an unnecessary energy when you have the facilities to get rid of. That's right. And, um, I, I, I wish that, I hope that people also, you know, are better citizens like just Buffalo citizens and that they take pride and they decorate at certain times of year and to have pride um, regardless of where you are. You know, like some neighborhoods are more star-studded than others, but I think if you take pride in your own home and building, it, it spreads, you know, mm-hmm. both spread, negative can spread and positive can spread. And I always say you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. If you're not doing anything, it's easy to go online and say, Oh, there's so much of this. And there's so much of that, but it's like, okay, then organize a cleanup or, you know, do something. You can do something everybody could do something, yeah. you know? So it's easy when you're in a bigger city to just complain and want other people to do things. Yeah. It's like, it's up to you you know well you know we've all been we've been there yeah
0: yeah and we'll be there again yeah well sue thank you so much it's always such a pleasure to catch up with you and i do i love black rock and so i really wanted to uh to talk about all the great things that were happening in this just beautiful special part of the city
1: oh thank you and if i forgot anyone there's so many th- people to talk about but you can go to our instagram page uh, grand amber street and just see everything that's happening. I post every day. So, thank you, Sue. All right. All right. Bye, Noel.
0: Bye.